0: mm mm-hmm. I'm John De and you're hearing the Echoes podcast. Coming up, I'm going to be talking to Thomas Dolby, a signature artist in the 1980s synth-pop movement. Now he's on a new music venture. But before we do that, I'd like to talk about these podcasts and how much time and money it takes to put them together and make them available. So if you like what we do at these interviews and on Echoes, become a supporter by making a donation now at echoes.org. It's easy, you'll feel great, and you'll be supporting the dissemination of great music to the world. Just go to Echoes.org. And now let's break radio silence, go to the airways, and get blinded by Thomas Stolby. You're hearing Echoes, and I'm John De Libretto. When you think of music from the 1980s, Thomas Dolby is one of the signpost artists with his hit She Blinded Me with Science. The MTV friendly video made Dolby a star and he became a lightning rod for all things technological. His career has taken some interesting turns since then, including an extended stint in Silicon Valley as an inventor and entrepreneur. And now Dolby has a new venture in the halls of academia. It's a quiet afternoon in mid-December at the Peabody Institute in Baltimore. Most students have gone home for winter break, but several can be heard working over the kind of compositions you'd expect to come out of the Peabody, classical music. But just a few doors down from this pianist is a musician who has little to do with classical music, but much to do with electropop. That's Thomas Dolby and his biggest hit, She Blinded Me With Science. When I first heard Dolby back in 1982, I think the last place I'd ever expect to interview him would be in the Peabody Institute. He's a professor of arts there, which might make sense for someone characterized as a boffin. That's the English term for a tech nerd. Well, it's ironic,
1: given that I left school at 16 to work in a fruit and veg shop and finance my uh, electronic music habit and the fact that my father and his father and his father were all Cambridge professors. I think they'd be tickled pink to know that I have finally, after all these years, joined the family firm.
0: Thomas is a sconce in a Peabody Institute recording studio. At 59, he's still pop star trim. He got ahead of his receding hairline by going Mr. Clean bald decades ago. He wears professorial black horn-rimmed glasses and sits comfortably wearing an unprofessorial black paisley sport jacket.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you're not filming it. Just remembered it would be
0: psychedelic on video. Thomas Dolby was switched on when he heard Wendy Carlos's Switched On Bach, and by the time he hit his teens in the mid 1970s, BBC shows like Jonathan Peel's would have introduced him to European electronic music. And then came David Bowie and his Berlin trilogy Low, Heroes, and Lodger.
1: When David Bowie, who I was already a disciple of, went to berlin with brian eno and did low um which had one side of of pure electronic pop you know that instead of using lots of guitars and drums he was using you know oberheims and and drum machines and um to create pure pop records that would then sharpen the charts and get played on the radio sound and vision things like that Uh, that was incredibly inspiring to me um, and I think it was to a whole generation of, of British musicians who had been Bowie fans, uh, but who then took that as a cue to, to go DIY with the electronic thing and start doing their own.
0: He bought a Micro Moog synthesizer with money from his fruit shop job, and to be seen at underground post-punk concerts where bands with names like Throbbing Gristle played. I would go to Smoky
1: Basements to see them perform uh, along with a bunch of other sort of, you know, dandruff-ridden white guys in anoraks and uh, we would uh, be amazed by Throbbing Gristle and Cabaret Voltaire and uh, you know that was also the early days of people like the Human League and Soft Cell and Ultravox who later became, you know, sort of chart-topping uh, pop acts. Uh, but it was it was quite experimental in
0: those days. Thomas Doby went in a different direction. He crafted intimate personal pop songs often clothed in nostalgic imagery. His vision was more steampunk than futurism.
1: You could call it nostalgic. You could also call it sort of dystopian. I love the idea of parallel universes. You know, what would have happened if things had turned out differently? Uh, if there'd been no circuit boards and you know everything was running on clockwork and steam? What would have happened if the Nazis had successfully invaded the British Isles and you know occupied us? What would have happened if the Cold War had turned bad? And you know, I quite often sort of think through uh, universes like that and and. You know what my role would have been, and I always saw myself as the sort of dissident underground broadcaster, um, uh, always on the move. You know, using coat hangers to, and and old copper cables to uh, to broadcast my stuff. What
0: You know, electro pop artist wasn't always the hippest thing in the 1980s. This was a new music form with a sound and often a presentation that was far afield from the punk and rock dominating in those days. It was a fight in
1: those days. You know, there was a struggle because there was a very strong resistance to electronics. It wasn't real music. You know, it was for wimps. There was almost a stalwart sort of rearguard action. You know by the, you know, guitar and drums and sort of big hair guys.
0: Dolby's career has taken an idiosyncratic course since his debut album, The Golden Age of Wireless, over the course of four more studio albums, his music became more danceable and full of humor, that is, when he wasn't scoring video games like The Gate to the Mind's Eye or soundtracks from movies like Gothic. He left music for many years and had a long stint in Silicon Valley as a successful entrepreneur and inventor. It's a trek that was chronicled in his 2016 memoir, The Speed of Sound. Among his developments were a software synthesizer for mobile phones and founding the tech companies Headspace, Beatnik and Retro Ringtones. His path finally led him to the Peabody Institute at Johns Hopkins University. That's where he now leads their Music for New Media program. Yeah, so for the last three years, I've been helping Johns Hopkins establish a new film
1: and media center in an up-and-coming part of Baltimore called Station North, where we were able to get the funding to convert a beautiful old 1930s Art Deco cinema into a film and media centre. And I was the head of audio there, uh, helping design the audio space and also helping educate filmmakers from the film department uh, in sound and music composition for film and TV. Uh, From next fall onwards, here at the Peabody Institute, I will be launching a brand new... Media Music degree, which will be teaching young composers to compose for immersive environments such as video games, virtual reality, and so on.
0: Realizing that technology changes on a daily basis, Dolby says he wants to give them a basic understanding of audio and music production. But even those basics are a long way from Dolby's music initiation.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I had a monophonic synthesizer and a Revox reel-to-reel tape recorder on which you could bounce back and forth from one track to the next, adding a track as you went. I was trying to explain this the other day to a group of students, and they looked at me completely blankly. Uh, they had no idea what I was talking about, ping-ponging tracks on a Revox stereo tape recorder today's musician
0: starts much further along the technological curve
1: today of course you know on your on your phone on your tablet you can get an app for a couple of bucks that is more powerful than anything I had back in those days by a long shot
0: Thomas Dolby launches his Music for New Media program in the fall semester of 2018. He's taking his professorship seriously with no plans for touring or making new records.
1: I've been away a long time, you know, a lot of my hardcore fans are few and far between. Um, They come out of the woodwork for me, you know, thankfully, uh, when I do play or when I do put stuff out, but I haven't made any new fans and the chances are that anybody under 45 has never heard of me.
0: Thomas Dolby may be making no music, but he's educating another generation of music makers.
1: Thank you. Good night.
0: Thanks for tuning in to the Echoes podcast today. Go to echoes.org to find out more. I'm John DiLiberto. Be sure to keep an eye out for more Echoes interviews at echoes.org or the Echoes newsletter.